Blake, seriously, you can't keep doing this. You can't just every week be like, I don't have a heel. Fuck it, coronavirus sucks. It's kind of like last year with Seth Rollins. Blake is like, you know what? Let's just say Seth and get it over with. Oh, it's actually it's a silver lining thing when it comes to wrestling. But it's your heel. Oh yeah, yeah. Coronavirus is my heel, but I've got a good thing uh, that goes with it. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Okay, bud. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Creative's got nothing for you. <laughs> Fight Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm the only person who got kicked out of Retribution before me, A.M. Scotty Moore. I'm the guy with a 1-3 in win-loss ratio against scalpers over the last month. I'm Blake Tanner. I'm the best of the not-super juniors, the Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Dylan tries. He's like, no, no, I swear I'm a super junior, Gato. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> the sad thing is, is I am technically only 13 pounds off of the cutoff. <laughs> <laughs> you get nothing. Is that Gato's voice in your head? <laughs> Hello, I'm Gato. Welcome to my chocolate factory. <laughs> Listen, if there's anything that I've learned based off of his booking decisions, it is that Gato is the evil puppet master character. And he yeah. does sound like this every now and again <laughs> when he's plotting his most devious devices. Mmm, Okada will win until he doesn't. <laughs> so Okada I've learned... Will, o- Okada will wear shitty trunks and only win using a bullshit oh, submission to- move. Take this balloon, boy. Go out there. The crowd will love your fancy new balloon. Oh, don't worry. I know They how- actually did. That, <laughs> he was actually correct about that. Don't worry. Did I know how ever- to cool him down. Did they ever <laughs> explain the balloon? Cause no. I- Okay. He was depressed. <laughs> the 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 balloons were the explanation. That's like if fucking John Cena just showed up with a teddy bear that he kept at his side on Raw, and we're like, "Yeah, okay, why?" No, 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 no explanation. That's John's teddy bear. Don't ask about it. Don't look it in the eyes. Do not look it in the look eyes. It. And don't feed it after midnight. Yeah. See, here's here's the thing: is that uh, WWE has conditioned you that everything needs to be verbally explained yeah because you're not smart enough to understand context clues (laughs) the context clues of okada having a red balloon because he watched it um he just might really like german songs (laughs) oh man now i'm kind of depressed we didn't get that wrestle kingdom entrance to 99 (laughs) loop balloons with okada (laughs) um so i've learned something and it's it's the fact that between the moxley and punk interviews i really should have known it but when shit's bad backstage it leads to a bad fucking show like no matter what even if they have all the makings of a good show because this was the worst smackdown in a very long time and apparently with good reason because Vince didn't show up until 12:30 in the afternoon and it was considered a mess by everyone backstage. Okay. 
in a report from Ringside News, a lot was changed, but less than usual. Some weeks it's been reported that Vince completely ripped up the script. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep, no, yeah. That, that Is this old news tracks. to anyone at this point? I believe he was first reported doing this in like 2012. Right. The report noted most people were in the dark until he showed up, and that's apparently been the case almost every week these days and is considered nothing new. Vic, Vince, stop. You have a good show. Like, here's the thing. I, I realized because Raw, I get on Raw a lot about the fact that it is the same fucking show every single week and yet i realized this week oh wait a minute smackdown's the exact same it's open with a roman segment end with a roman segment and just find some shit to sprinkle in the middle of the sandwich that we did last week but it's always good so i don't care yeah it's kind of the problem is it's going back to like the bad like the shit at the beginning and at the end is just always bad samey is what you're starting to get into. And it reminded me of the bad times. (laughs) Are we not, are we not still in the bad times? Not so much on SmackDown, but kind of recently. Yeah. Apparently someone asked Okada why he came out with the balloons and he said it's because the kids want the balloons, but only old men snatch them away. That's so Jesus good. Christ. That's, That's so dark. Good. The metaphors you could pull off of that. Right? Oof. Uh, so Raw happened and... I'm not going to get into I just some made me really mad. <laughs> just some re- and we'll get into it later because it's Dylan's heel of the week. But it there was just so much bad that it was almost artful. Like this was and it might have been the fact that this was the first time I ever got completely and totally faded while watching an episode of Raw. But I was sitting there like How is What what about the Ms Ms Morrison uh Drew the way I described it in my review is I love Miz and Morrison, like the Otis shit. That was fun because it was like watching a cartoon. And wrestling can have cartoons and it can be fun. And that's what it was. Like, Otis was a roadrunner avoid- <laughs> avoiding all of the dastardly Miz and Morrison. It's just when you take the Looney Tunes and then put them in the main event, it gets weird. Like, that's where I'm at with it because I... I wish this, like, winning Money in the Bank had put Miz back into main event Miz, but because Morrison's there, he's still playing, like, this Looney Tunes character, and it just doesn't work for me. I think I said it's like if you put Looney Tunes in Game of Thrones, it doesn't fucking work. Now say what you will about the Looney Tunes, seeing uh, AJ Styles just being held on a grown-ass man's shoulders while he's basically kicking and screaming to be let go was the most hilarious fucking shit. Oh no, that was literally, that was word for word almost stole from an Auntie Donna bit, which is called now two men who definitely want to fight, and it's just two guys staring at each other going, you wanna fight? You want to fight? Let's fucking go. You want to fight? And they never get even close <laughs> to one another. I did Let's like the go. bit where uh, I did like the bit where AJ Styles was like, "Yeah, I'd much rather face you than Drew." Yeah, that was great. <laughs> AJ has been on his shit lately. Like he's playing a comedic character now, 
which I like. It's showing another side of AJ Styles as opposed to just like, I'm an angry man. And I didn't like almost at first. But holy shit, he has come into his own as being like his heater. That's not like a the- cake. That's a that's a that's not a pie. That's a cupcake. <laughs> um, it took me ten fucking minutes to get that joke. It took me a solid dinner to get that joke. <laughs> um, you couldn't I- get the "I'm a large person" joke. Yeah, well, no, I, I had to go to Twitter, and they finally said, like, I don't understand if he's like, that's not a cake, it's a cupcake, but it's a pie? So I'm like, well, you couldn't say tart, but that is technically what a small pie would be. So I had to eventually go to Twitter, and they're like, oh, it's because he's a large man, you see. And I said, oh, okay, I get yes, it. You know, you know what they have for Thanksgiving, pumpkin tarts? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, a good pumpkin tart in my house, thank you very much. The thing that I love about... um. AJ leaning it full on into just being the goofy Southern guy is that they've hinted at it so many times. And when you'd make, like when AJ makes himself look like a complete asshole, it's so fucking good. Yeah. And I like that he is unlike Miz. He's finding a way to balance it because there are moments where you see AJ and he's full on like, Oh yeah, that is the, one of the longest reigning WWE champions, AJ Styles, right there. But then he will still do silly shit. Like, he's he's finding a way to walk the line and it not seem weird. Um, and also, if I haven't watched... just get a haircut. I don't... I don't if he, if it's, they, getting, it's getting too long, man. It's... it's... <sighs> If he did that, then they couldn't make all those fun hornswoggle <laughs> comparisons on Impact. Yep. It's, um, I think that I'm saved by the fact that my hair is just so, like, thin and it, like, it lays back so far. But my hair is almost as long as Scotty's is right now, and I feel like I've been saved by from a lot of torment because you can't tell that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just nicer to you. I've had the jokes. I, you haven't left trash at Dylan's house after a long, long visit. So yeah, no. you didn't leave half-eaten candy in my guest bedroom. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that has that done to him. Like six fucking pizza boxes. Yeah. Look, I left you that cake with that that pie with cookie dough on it just for you. Um, and I on- ate it. <laughs> Uh, on to general news, uh, Pat wait, Patterson. Wait, wait. Do, we, do we not want to talk about the, the Liv Morgan documentary? I didn't watch it. Was it good? I did hear good no, no, things no, about no. it. No, So I, I read brief synopsis. So um, from what I understand, WWE made a documentary that blatantly shows that they've mishandled their own <laughs> talent. <laughs> yes. That should have been my fucking heel this week, actually. It was terrible. Yeah, and then the, everybody pointed out, so you know if she succeeds now, they're like, she overcame such adversity. It was like, the adversity was you! Yeah. <laughs> Literally! This that's is like your if, adversity! That's like, if you, that's like if you shot somebody, they finished a race, and you were just like, man, you overcame so much in that. Like, you're still a psycho! Yeah, good work! Uh, but yeah, as I was saying, um, Pat Patterson passed away, and Pat's like, Pat's one of those guys, I guess it's because we're, like, new era, for the most part, that we don't understand all the impact. No, I but still, I only, you, I only know him you, as the Vince Stooge. 
Yeah, but then you look and it's just like, oh yeah, he came up with the Royal Rumble. He was an iconic IC champion. Like he did so much shit. And I'm like, okay, like one of the first openly gay wrestlers, like Pat Patterson, fucking ripped. Yeah. I I I was uh I was sad that, like, with all the stories that people had for him, especially Sami Zayn's, where, like, they tried, he won the championship and Pat Patterson was going to go out there. Like, you can't go out there. Pat Patterson just yelled, try to fucking <laughs> stop me. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat Patterson would have been, like, 73, 74 when this happened. So the idea of, like, that, like someone as old as, like, older than my parents just being like, try to fucking stop is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. He lived a he lived a long and very fulfilled life and Yeah, he did he was like everything I've read about him backstage is great. And like all the stories about the Pattersonisms that he would come up with were phenomenal. Yeah, um, it's it's always the guys that um had a huge like backstage presence later in life after they retire from in ring performance. And you always hear about them, you know, of course after they die, but he, he apparently influenced a lot of wrestlers that we've enjoyed and uh you know that's something that you think about yeah oh shit i just now realized something because my net the next bit of news is the fact that the rascals did indeed get signed but (laughs) trey was not signed with them apparently so trey miguel is not instead uh zach wentz got signed so i'm i'm fucking hyphy for that Anyways, nice. on to AEW. <laughs> We're like, yeah, the rascals are gonna get jobbed out to Everrise or some shit. AEW, just like, let's just go. like Everrise got jobbed out for the last six years. Well, to be fair, they had a good moment. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently on NXT this week they were set to face off against. Oh shit! Who are them British boys? Not Imperium. Grizzled young vets. Yeah, they were gonna face them. Instead, Imperium came out and was like, "No, fight a good team." And then they wrestled, and then Everrise beat them both down. So they got something. Everrise got something. Do you remember the four years when they had nothing? <laughs> right. All right. Uh, on to AEW. Uh, there's. I'm trying to think of stuff. Well, yeah. Last week, Abaddon's back, which fucking popped me. And then they didn't make it the main event of the show, which made me very mad because they just don't want women to main event Dynamite for some reason. Uh, They had a women's title match that wasn't the main event. And then they had a second women's title match that didn't main event with the return of one of the like most anticipated uh, wrestlers they have. And they were like, no, 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 you need to see fucking Murderhawk come out here and get involved into a storyline that he doesn't belong in. Mm hmm. Yeah, once again, this is the thing that I think AEW is just completely dropping the ball with is their current women's division. Not like, I know that it takes time to build a division, but you've actually got to start to build the division Mm -hmm. before it builds. (laughs) I know it's fucking crazy to think of, but if you don't lay a cornerstone, then you can't build anything after that. Yeah, I mean, like the the even on this week's show, even on Winter is Coming or whatever, like the one of my favorite matches was in fact Britt and Layla. Like they they were dominating, so they've got great talent and people hungry to see it. They just don't know what to do with them yet. I, I guess is the way to do it. So that happened last week. Um, which, by the way, we're sorry we missed last week, but it was Thanksgiving, so we all got drunk. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't see my yeah. family, so I drank and. 
got <laughs> faded. Uh, Same. Also, except I did see my family. So, oh, <laughs> well, also uh, s- surprising no one. Cody Rhodes fucking sucks. This was because he's still good on the mic, but like. He's blatantly the heel in this Taz thing, right? Because all Taz wanted was like, hey, this title I have is older than this company and your wrestling career. Can it get some respect on the name? And Cody comes out and is like, hey, fuck you. Your son likes me more. I'm like, okay, you suck. You're the worst, Cody. No, Taz is the Taz is the heel. Taz held up the Taz. Hold on. Shh, shh, shh. I'm not doing. I'm not. I'm not doing this this week. Taz is the heel because Taz came out, hijacked the show after weeks of having people beat down by his guys, and and didn't didn't ask. Demanded. It's the fact that he is demanding things without having done anything. Because his, his whole thing was, I came with this championship. Yeah. Respect this thing that I have that I'm telling you to respect. And Cody came out and was just like, no. <laughs> no. Like, uh, you can't do that. You can't just come out here and try to run things. And he was just like, listen, I'll see what I can do. And he was just like, no. And then Cody was just like, dude, stop. Your son but, hates you. Yeah. Like, well, that, no, it was this thing of like... Taz, Taz was like, "You got a future endeavors, me? You gotta, you gotta tell me creative's got nothing for me." And then Cody was just like, "How dare you?" You, oh, <laughs> I fucking love Cody. It. And then Cody was like, "And I took that personally." <laughs> that was what he said. Said your son, like you know, hangs out with me. It was also the fact that freaking um, Taz had his people jump Cody the week before that. Well, like, yeah. you can't. At, at no point is Cody the heel. You could say that he was, like, maybe a bit of a dick, but no, in no okay, world is he the that. heel. I will take Cody as a dick. I will take Cody as a dick, but not the heel. Honestly, think about it logically. They probably blocked out a couple segments for old Willie Hobbs to come out and wrestle, but instead, he dominated. So Taz said, you know what? Let's fill the rest of this segment by making a humble request. Do you. Anybody else notice that uh, Powerhouse Hobbs wears basically a Taz singlet? Yeah, yeah, I actually really like that. It's my favorite thing about his repackage because, oof, I don't know how y'all feel about the name Powerhouse Hobbs, but I'm like, okay, WWE just takes the name away. They don't give a dumber name to put in front of it. I didn't think it was that bad. Sometimes they will just give you a dumb name. Yeah. Flapjack. <laughs> Shorty G. He didn't become Swissman Cesaro when they took Claudio away. No, but he could have. You can't tell me that they easily, that Vince was just one neuron away from firing from that happening. You're gonna be the Swister mister. You're gonna go out there and you're gonna do good shit and yodel. I'm gonna put you in a maid outfit. You're gonna be the Swiss miss. But now on to uh, Winter is Coming, and Winter fucking came. Uh, who actually watched the <laughs> match? <laughs> Dylan, did you actually watch Moxley Omega? Because I was, like, yeah. looking up at it while I, working on shit. I watched, I watched okay. like, at least, I watched at least the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I, a, like, two or three minutes of in-between stuff. 
I do like how they did it because like the last time it was Kenny trying to do Moxley's shit. It was Kenny trying to wrestle hardcore against a guy who was known for going and doing hardcore shit. And this time, Kenny, who was known for technical shit, instead dictated the pace and kind of forced Moxley to wrestle technical. And I liked that a lot. I really liked that aspect of it. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that match was commentary at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can like, see that. This is bullshit. He's running away with it. I was like, you'd not see the part where John Moxley fucking like drove his head into a heater. You're gonna yeah. begrudge him using a microphone to even the odds. All right, sure. They tried real hard to make that bump mean something because it really was just a paradigm shift next to a heater and Omega fell into it and they're like, that's, that heater's real hot. That hurts a lot because that heater's hot. And we're like, yeah, we know what heaters are, Tony. Thank you. I mean, there was also the exposed concrete in front of it. So that was also part of it. Um, The thing that I think I liked about the match the most is um, in the moment, like watching it, I I really, uh, because I knew Kenny was winning. I knew, like, where the story was going. But it felt, they made it feel like such a on-the-same-level match between the both of them. Usually you get, uh, you know, one guy gets a lot of offense and the other gets a lot of offense. And they were really going back and forth for most of it. And uh, somebody actually put the the statistics afterwards. And they uh, almost, like, one-to-one ratio of finishers, uh, reversals, like anything like that. They were just like, yeah, strikes. Um, And they were so fucking close. And the only real edge that Kenny had was he did more good dives. Well, not only that, you got to think Moxley did have the match won at one point. Like he hit the paradigm shift. And instead of saying, okay, let's pin him. The Mox ego, the Mox wanting a fight came into play, and he just said, I'm gonna get two chairs, and we're just gonna fucking go at each other for a few. And I think that was kind of what, that was the detriment. That that was my favorite thing, where they were just punching, and then Mox knocks Kenny off of it into the corner. <laughs> and Kenny is just like, fuck this knee. What knee? Bang! <laughs> ah, knee to face. That that was your favorite part, not Don Callis scampering like a five year old that just stole a dollar out of his mom's purse. It was no, the fucking Don Callis's Don Callis's bump was my favorite thing because his freaking corsage exploded everywhere and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. Uh, Don Callis Don Callis is a Canadian national treasure, and I I will not stop until uh, their prime minister recognizes him as a national hero. There was, uh, at the very end of the match, I think my favorite thing was, uh, of course, Mox got busted open by the microphone, and then Kenny just keeps V-triggering him, and at one point, one of the V-triggers smears the blood that's streaming down his face all over his fucking eyes, and it is, like, it is visceral if you just see that second, and that was one of my favorite moments of this match. And then but Don Callis tells everybody, everybody, you want to hear us? You can hear us on Tuesday. But but Dynamite's on Wednesday. Impact Wrestling, Access TV. You can hear from us. You can hear from us then. Peel out. The car peeled Peels out. out. Yeah. It burns fucking rubber. I do really kind of wish that after he said, you can hear from us on Tuesday, they were like, dark? 
You're going to be out. Why would he be on Dark? Just come to the normal show. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is something that I'm loving about AEW with um, the the promotion that they've given to uh, NWA and now Impact. And like, Triple S. And Triple A. You're right. Uh, but like they, they're doing that for a lot of uh, these companies that, you know, doesn't have the funding that AEW has, but that still uh, needs ratings. And they're just. They're doing it in such a good way that I'm really appreciating it. The territories are back, boys. And if I may, Impact does have a working relationship with New Japan. So this is this is the rock they're going to have to skip over to finally get there. But on the way, we will probably get, hopefully, Callahan Moxley would be really fun. Good Brothers Bucks has to happen. Champion versus champion. Like... There's so much shit that can happen because of this. I need triple champion Kenny Omega. Like, like Impact Impact champion, AEW champion, mega champion, like, Kenny three belts. Kenny yeah. two. Oh. I, it was one of those decisions that in the moment I was like, is this the time to do this? Because, I mean, even I think even Dylan said it, like, I wish the finish was clean. But I get it. Like, Kenny's the heel here. So, like, it makes sense for the heel to have to use dastardly tactics to overcome. No, no, no. Some, somebody pointed this out. I forgot that we were getting the cleaner, not the best bout machine. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. a whole review on Kenny. This is completely, this is completely on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw somebody make a gif of that fucking exchange between Mox and Kenny in the chairs. And then as soon as Mox knocks him over, it just starts flashing cleaner mode activated. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was, it was a good match from what everyone's told me. I really wish I wasn't working on arts and crafts at the time. <laughs> uh, I actually, I'm, I'm, probably i'm probably gonna go back and rewatch it because like i said something on the show made me a little upset and so i wasn't able to fully enjoy it like i thought i could but before we get into that let's get into patreon.com slash load of bs the website where you can support us get access to exclusive content like wrestling history x dylan was talking about like our discord where we hang out chat watch wrestling there's tons of shit waiting for you for only five dollars a month for a price of a cup of coffee a month, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Alright, who are we annoying, Dylan? Well, I can't get to them because they're in your later segment. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know, can you can you tweet at Max Caster? Does he have a Twitter? Uh, he's got to. Yeah, tweet at Max Caster. Let him, let him know you appreciate it. <laughs> just I appreciate it. I don't know. He's a master of roasting. Part of me's tempted to just send like a picture of Blake and be like, "Roast this fool." The moment he came up during that Buck segment, I lost my shit. I was like, "Fuck yeah, hell yeah, top flight." Okay, whatever. But the acclaimed are here. Oh wait! They work so well together; it's absurd, right? Like normally in a tag team, like like oh, Bowens is like the workhorse, like whatever guy. Like no, no, no. Bowens has like 
like shitty like best friend of the jock asshole vibes right yeah yeah all right well why don't we get into our heels of the week because blake's still pissing blake or dylan would you like to go first are you sure you don't want to go first I don't want to open the can of worms I'm about to open. I kind of want to. I want to slow burn into it. Oh, did I get here right on time to pile on your ass for your heel? Hold on, hey Caster Show, appreciate it. <laughs> Max, watch. Okay, fuck. I guess I'm being forced into this. Insert impact. Insert impact. Uh, uh, theme song. It's not that I hate Sting. It's just the impact of Sting coming to AEW did not strike me the way it did others. And the seg. I okay. I Sting's fine. The segment was terribly done. I understand they're probably gonna do him as Darby's manager. Or mentor. Yeah, or mentor, something similar to that. Which I would love, just like those Darby promos where he's standing in front of a car and then setting it on fire and it pans to Sting. And he's just like, what the fuck are you doing? That's my car! Stop it! When you get to the bit you complain about, I've I've had time to think about it. And I can't in kayfabe explain all right, I I would I actually I actually would like that. One thing I think that I love about this though, uh, before we get into that, is that is it, is it that he's the top selling T shirt within twenty four hours ever, and it only took him twelve hours. Yes, I was going to say that he uh, he had the uh, highest selling T shirt in an entire day before that day was over. But um, the thing I wanted uh, is because it's going to be like a reverse manager relationship because the manager is normally the heater but sting isn't much like as much of a talker especially put up against darby what what the fuck sting's an amazing talker he's a psychopath but he's a great talker i mean you're thinking of joker sting yeah. Uh, AKA never... my favorite version of sting <laughs> okay this is where i get on the block because i've never like been impressed by uh sting's new like more recent stuff Old old crow sting, you know that was yeah. that's what I wanted with sting, and I think Made that's what I'm mafia getting. Sting, good mm-hmm. sting, good like sting. sting. Yeah, sting to me like was made by the NWO, and that's why he worked for a little bit in the beginning of his WWE run because he had a pseudo NWO in the form of the Authority, and that, I got vibes of that, like his debut at Survivor Series on this, but. <laughs> Instead of coming out and assaulting, because like literally, Team Taz are taking out Cody, and then the lights shut, and then we get some Game of Thrones ass video package, and then Sting shows up, and I, and then he fucking pulls out the bat, and I'm like, he's about to beat the shit out of all three of them with a bat. No, he just kind of stares at people a lot, and Team Taz, the people he came to scare off. Nowhere to be found, so I guess in a way, he did his job correctly, but no vengeance was served. I think that's exactly what he needed on a first entrance. Yeah, I was going to say, in kayfabe, I can explain it, because Team Taz has Taz. Do you know who had to watch Sting for a number of years? Yeah. Taz. Do you know who's going to tell his other boys, no, 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 no. I've seen this song and dance before. Or... 
He's about to jump on us from the fucking rafters, even though he's right there right now. You fucking listen. He he would be there like, that could not be the real Sting. This motherfucker's had so many decoys. I don't even trust that. (laughs) He wore a mask of his face over his face once to hit RVD. I don't... I don't trust anything he does. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, to me, it just didn't have the impact I wanted out of it. But it'd be difficult for Sting to give that kind of impact, I guess, right now. I did love the moment, like, because the Arn moment was good because it was for people who've got that history. So that was good. The moment staring at Cody was good because there was a moment where I said, is he about to hit Cody with a fucking bat? But my favorite was when he looked at Darby, because he looked at Darby's, like, human face and went, you're boring, and then turned and looked at the side that's face painted as if to say, ah, you're one of mine. Good. Uh, uh, <laughs> Good. You're this... one of my face paint brethren. Now this I could work with. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I honestly, 75% of the reason that I love that segment was Tony Schiavone, because Schiavone's- <laughs> Dang! Shivani screaming that is the first time that I ever think that I've gotten so close to hearing, like, an in-person, Stone Cold! Stone yeah. Cold! Well, I mean, that's what it was in WCW. That was, that was like, the call. It was, it's Sting! But, um, yeah, d- like, uh, for me, and this, my dad pointed this out. He was like, they could have paid so many indie guys and brought them in. Which I kind of agree with, but also, I understand. They've already got a pretty stacked fucking roster. So Sting is just that extra punch over the edge. But, yeah, it just didn't have the impact I wanted. And, yeah, that that's that's why it's a heel for me. It wasn't me being like, I'm upset Sting is here. It's I'm I'm going with the Dylan defense, which is I'm going to give them two weeks with Sting. And, uh, I mean, he'll kick it out of the park, but for right now, I'm not impressed. Well, it didn't have the impact because you weren't watching on Tuesday night. (laughs) Let me scamper away to my van. (laughs) I, uh... I, I must say that my favorite thing, or one of my... One of the things I really appreciate about AEW is they're always like, let's bring back the old guys as managers we're not going to do anything else with them even matt hardy is like a pseudo manager at this point but uh i i I want sting to be a manager where like he just stands at ringside he doesn't move if like somebody gets out of like the ring like near him he just stares them down and they're just like and then you know they'll turn around to a punch or so that's that's all he's there for he does all his coaching beforehand and then he's just this mysterious presence for darby oh it would be great if like darby's getting his ass beat by hobbs or whatever and then sting just pulls out the bat sets it on the ring apron and just stares like just taps on the bat like it's here it's always here, just in case. I've got, do you, you see how fucking, like, I've got a lot of room here. i got a lot of pockets, buddy. Hey, Blake, what's your heel? I wonder. I wonder what your heel is. I wonder what you've done. Uh, heel's the same fucking heel I've had. Okay, now I'm going to be honest. I'm going to preface this with the fact that, like, the last few weeks, basically since the time change, it's been getting worse. But, like, I have just fallen into the worst seasonal depression of my life. Because as soon as it, yeah, same. As soon as it started getting dark at five o'clock when I am finishing work, I realized that I am locked in this 
tiny little box that I shouldn't yeah. leave from to be, you know, safe from the fucking world because of the coronavirus, which my heel of the week. Um, and the worst part about it is the fact that dark usually lasts like three hours. So like you get home dark at five, you're just stuck for three hours with dark. Yeah. And they haven't split it up into two darks. Yeah. They need to like put two darks out there. Maybe like dark and uh, dusk. Dark and dusk, dusk out on Tuesdays. It's an hour. I just heard a door close to Dylan leave. <laughs> No, no, yeah, Dylan left. Dylan left because he heard split up dark into dusk. To dusk. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, actually, uh, I saw a tweet from Maki Ito earlier today uh, where she said, it's already December, but it feels like everything stopped in March for me. Next year should be a better year than this year. <laughs> That's really just girl same. Just so, that's so genuine, too. There's no joke behind it. It's just like, no fucking seriously, it's been really bad. Though, like, I, I feel that 100% in my bones. But on the bright side, the thing that hasn't stopped is wrestling. They found a way to cope, and they found yeah. a way to evolve past it. So that's that's keeping me going, because it's the only thing that feels like it's actually progressing right now. Do you, and I do do you want to know why, uh, why I think it feels... Still feels like March. It's because that's when Blake first started complaining about this subject. This, yeah. <laughs> I started complaining about it the day that I knew I wasn't going to Disney World, and I won't stop complaining about it until I go to Disney World. God damn it! I, I'm I'm with you on that one. I honestly, my favorite thing about it has been seeing how each show adapts to it. Because obviously with AEW, they instead were like, this is, it was easy for them to be like, Tony, just to say, this is my arena. We're just going to use this and socially distance crowds, put wrestlers in the audience. Meanwhile, WWE was like, fucking Thunderdome, baby, Capital Wrestling Center. Put it all on screens. What's social distancing? <laughs> <laughs> COVID Do you know how? for everyone. We've had so many outbreaks so far. Holy shit. We're oh being my God. investigated guys- by the city. <laughs> Did you guys see where they um they released something and apparently they won an award for being good at their COVID response and the very next day an NXT talent, apparently a top NXT talent tested positive for COVID? Jesus Christ. Of course it did. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> Uh, there, there was one thing that I wanted to say, going back to, uh, Kenny Mox, um, according to Meltzer, they were fighting in, like, 40 degree weather. Oh, yeah, it was I cold as shit. And I to fucking, like, give it to them for that. Well, here's the thing, and I, uh, I know this, uh, from whatever, because I used to play, uh, high school football in the north, where it got that cold, and once you are moving around and you start sweating... Especially because they were under like stage lights. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't feel it. It's not yeah. there. Like when like, I um when I used to train at that uh, MMA gym, like we had no insulation. I don't. I never convinced you to come down there during December, did I? No, I think I, I've only been to that MMA gym once. Well, yeah, during December there was no insulation. There was no heating. And we had to we had to run barefoot on these cold ass mats, and I, like every time I would get there, I would just immediately start running in circles. Like it's gonna stop eventually. I just gotta get there. I just gotta get to the moment it stops. Yeah, fuck that, Dylan. What's your heel of the week? So, um, 
there's just something. So, like, in the beginning, it was, like, you know, humorous. Then it became <laughs> somewhat endearing. And now Lana and whatever story arc WWE is forcing down on us has become tiresome. Because her going up against the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions has gotten to the point where it's the fact that she does nothing and wins. That's the bit. She pinned Shayna. She she pinned pinned, Lana pinned Shayna Baszler. Let's just put that out on the fucking table. It happened. To be fair, it's not like she actually did anything. It's that uh, Asuka legitimately uh, Yakuza kicked. Yeah. Shayna from the side. And everybody was just like, no, no, no. Unprotected, unexpected shot to the side of the head. That tracks. It's like being punted by Randy Orton. Yeah, like, honestly, this week's Lana match was the best one so far. Because she actually fought. Like, she's not good at it yet, but she's at least trying. Like, the thing that's upset me most with Lana was what happened last week where they were interviewing her like you did it you were the sole survivor and she's just like yes it's amazing and this was an exact quote if this is a dream don't wake me up fuck you fuck you for saying those words into my human ears but <laughs> if, my, this is a, if this is a if this is a dream where i won from doing absolutely nothing yeah. I could have been replaced by a cardboard cutout of Triple <laughs> H in 2004. Like, that happened, and then Asuka was like, you were the sole survivor. Do you want a title match? And I was like, okay, that does make sense, unfortunately. She does deserve one. She was the sole survivor. And then Lana said no. And I'm like, Lana, you're a fucking wrestler now. And wrestlers want to wrestle. And wrestlers want championships. Act like what you're pretending to be. Mm-hmm. It's funny, she's acting like the Divas division. She is- she's, she's dumb as shit, and it makes me mad, because I'm like, I would love this storyline if it was done with someone who's not being an absolute dipshit the whole time. I really want to know, I know it's because they're telling her to act that way, and that makes me sadder. Oh yeah, no, I want to do a, I'm deaf, my next How to Fix episode is How to Fix Lana's Storyline, and it begins by not taking Natalia away from her. Mm -hmm. The one thing, like, I hate, especially with her coming out and saying that, like, people shitting on her stories have been, like, depressing her recently, because I understand, but, like, it's not her fault, it is the fact that WWE keeps giving her this yeah. and making her do this when she's not uh, she's not uh, skilled enough to do the things they want her to do and they're just making her look like a bumbling fool. See, that's why I wanted her storyline with Natty to continue because like a part of the reason why everyone hates Lana is it's like she pinned Shayna Baszler, who even though is a heel is a fan favorite amongst the more vocal part of the community, i.e. us fucking nerds. If it was Natty, I don't think any of us would have cared if Lana pinned Natty after an epic match. She would have had someone there to make her look good, someone who's a veteran who could teach her how to work, but instead she's now thrown into a storyline with arguably two of the hottest female talents they have right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So on to baby faces. <laughs> and um, 
Uh, yeah, Blake, I want you to go because I really want the explanation for this. Okay, so all I wrote down for my baby face is V-triggers and cowboy shit. Um, because I love the way that the eventual, like, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page story is going. Because, you know, before winter is coming, honestly... We had a very good idea of the trajectory that was going to go before their eventual uh, match together and before Hangman beating Kenny. You know, we know it's going to happen. We know that's how the story ends eventually. But they've just, in one episode of AEW, they threw so many, like, complications and trajectory changes into each of their stories that... It's going to be the wildest fucking ride to get there now. And oh no, the the, uh, the moment like the the opening battle royal was a lot of convoluted shit, and it took until they got down to the last three for really good moments to happen, or last four, I think, uh, not counting Orange Cassidy. But my favorite moment before that was when Hangman is about to get eliminated and he gets caught by the entire Dark Order, and you see him look at them. And there is a smile that is on his face that we have not seen since he was with the elite and happy about it. He was like, I have people and it makes me happy. And even though I know they're a cult and they're going to abuse him, I got so fucking happy for my boy. I was like, he did it. He's got friends. And fucking Brody gets his cowboy shit now. You got to imagine how happy he is with that. But that also, like, that turn in Hangman's story is going to fucking lead him to eventually fighting Kenny. But Kenny is also going to be the champion of Impact, AEW on Impact. So, fuck me. Who knows when it's gonna fucking happen, but it's gonna be great. I would love him versus Brody in a number one contenders match. And I would also love, and I know they're still very hot, but I'd love Hangman being the impetus for a split in the Dark Order, where basically Brody cuts the wheat from the chaff. And that would lead to Evil Uno separating, I think, because Evil Uno's been teasing that for a while, too. I think that's a great fucking idea. The, I but just, also, just, they're so hot, don't do it right now. I, I Just to finish this up, I was just reading the other day... Um, a post on Reddit about how someone says, uh, basically the point of their post was it's all right to have the ending of your storyline predictable, but you can't make the story to get there predictable or it's going to get fucking boring. And for some reason, I feel like AEW was on that shit weeks ago when they planned this and they're like, Oh, don't worry. Our most predictable storyline right now, which is hangman beating Omega one day. Is about to take some turns. Yeah. Also, like, who the fuck attacked Moxley? Like, that's another thing that'll probably be resolved on. It was probably an Impact guy. <gasps> Callahan! Sammy Callahan attacking John Moxley, and then we get a Sammy Callahan John Moxley feud. Didn't didn't Callahan also say something on Twitter about like now that you don't have your title, we've got some business to settle? Was that Callahan? <laughs> yes! Yes, this is all I want. Switchblade conspiracy fucking implodes. Fucking nice. 
All right, uh, Dylan, there's an easy segue into yours if you'd like to go into your baby face. No, because it's pretty clear the two of you looked at mine and were like, fuck you, so we're just going to skip it. No, I, I was at, You literally I, took half of my talking points. I don't want to fucking do it now. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say shit about the Dark Order other than Brody Lee getting his cowboy shit. Uh, I just that to no, Scotty did. So, like, yeah. Scotty really did, so I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> But I want to talk about the Dark Order more. I do want to talk about the Dark Order. Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You, know, you really shouldn't have shit on, on half of it knowing that I wanted to talk about it. So we're too bad. Too bad. It's canceled. Well, they both, it's they canceled. <laughs> <laughs> My baby face of the week is the Dark Order. No, you usually have shit from the shows we don't watch, which is why I want to know. But if, like, half of it's taken, I don't get, like, to do the full thing. Like, if you guys had been like, hey, we're gonna talk about this, if you'd, if you'd done anything, I put my shit up on the wall, you could clearly tell what I was gonna <laughs> talk about, you guys were like, well, instead of asking, I'm just gonna go this way and hope it works out. <laughs> so thanks. Don't, don't lump me up in with him. <laughs> You, you set started me up for this. it. You I, I, knew. Just, I didn't say anything in regards to the Dark Order with Hangman, other than the fact that I like where the story is going. Yeah, you, you, no, 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 you baited him in. You knew he wouldn't. He, <laughs> you've been his friend for a decade. Don't fucking lie to me. Okay, Nine fine. Years. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, yeah, uh, Hangman Page is potentially joining the Dark Order. He did go up the heels, uh, Entrance ramp after the match, thus indicating that he's probably meeting up with them. I was also going to talk about the fact that um, the Dark Order is exactly how you build a like a group faction. Yeah, in general, because uh, it's very ride or die, which you don't normally get in in heel factions. I uh, don't look at Team Taz. Team Taz is held together by uh, by ego. Honestly, just fucking ego. The inner circle isn't held together anymore. Dark Order is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know? You want to know why? One, they're all crazy, but they're all <laughs> crazy in a very specific way, and they're all paired off, which I believe is the the cool the coolest thing about uh, about it. Because I'm pretty sure that uh, when he if he joins, it'll be Colt and Hangman, and then it will literally be everyone will be paired up because it it's Stu and Uno, Silver and Reynolds, five and ten, and now Colton Hangman. And it'll be great because Colt is still in denial that he's in a cult. And then so it'll be the opposite. It'll be one guy that's very like oblivious and then Hangman, who fully is aware it's a cult, but joined anyway. Yeah. Also, holy shit, I boy, they blew off that inner circle story real fucking quickly didn't they they're like okay mjf's in what's next for us we're breaking up damn it <laughs> maybe maybe i doubt it'll be that simple you do too yeah <laughs> but giving um, them those weeks but no uh no just on every on every show they've been wonderful all their bits have been great mm-hmm. and uh anna jay like i've said multiple times is just a breakout star She's on her there like, were there were moments during her title match where I said she's fucking winning this. Anna Jay's about to become the champion. Yeah, with less than 20 matches, Anna Jay is arguably one of the brightest stars in AEW. 
Did you know that? Did you know her match with Sheeta was her seventh fucking match the first time in fucking October? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What have you done with your life? <laughs> <laughs> you own a you own a rallies chair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh, every 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 part of it's going good. Fucking uh, fucking Meat Man uh, John Silver is the hottest thing in wrestling. Oh yeah, there was a, a moment during the battle royal where he got eliminated, I think by Matt. So a babyface eliminated a heel, and the crowd booed the fuck out of Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he is. He is over as fuck. Um, and the thing is, is I know they won't break up. Like I know he'll take Reynolds with him, which is good. You always like to see that because so many times with a tag team, you're like, oh, they're gonna drop the other person as soon as possible but like you know that like it'll it'll be one of those ones where like it'll be like Miz and Morrison where like the other guy is is there but it says like support and you you want that you want that in wrestling the thing that amazes me about the Dark Order is it's the first time in wrestling that I can remember that did a cult stable right because like I guess the second best example is the Wyatt family which didn't do a cult good because it just kept losing people. Yeah. Well, there they were keep... only like two people. Th- then they added Strowman. That's how they introduced him. Oh, and then yeah. he fucking left. You remember when he was the black sheep? N- n- no, uh, me neither. But uh, no, it it's really, it's really like, and every tag team, every member has like a different purpose. Every tag team is completely unique. Five and yeah. ten, like, wrestled this week on Dark. It was like a triple threat tag match. It was uh, Joey, Sonny, them, and then Jurassic Express. And Jurassic Express did literally fuck all in that whole match, except come in <laughs> at the end. It was basically just a way for the other two teams to show off. But, like, five and ten looked like a, like a million dollars. But they had that very unique style of, like, one high flyer and then, like, you know, one heater. Uh, Uno and uh, Uno and Grayson is just this well-oiled, like fucking twelve-year tag team that le- just moves seamlessly. Uh, Reynolds and Silver, you've seen the sequence from last week's Dark with Reynolds and Silver, right? Where they hit like a six-move group combo into a oh, pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that they 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 are so good at putting together combos. Like, it is, and it's always, it's not one of those where it's, okay, he hits this, pause, he hits this, pause. It's, it's faster than commentary can call it. Usually they're just like, fuck, they're going, they are getting them, they are getting them right now. So it's like, it's all those, it's all those combinations, which is why I'm so excited for Hangman potentially joined, especially if he joins with Colt, because, like, there's that dynamic, because Colt is a very unique wrestler, and Hangman can apparently just do anything. It's oh yeah, he, he. I feel like I feel like there's going to be this weird thing where like the awards for this year are going to come out. and They're going to be like, listen, we couldn't nominate Hangman for Wrestler of the Year, but he's really good, really yeah. good. I mean, I'm not going to say who I wanted to nominate for Entertainer of the Year, but I haven't seen what everyone else wants. <laughs> also, you say I can't nominate for, uh, Hangman for Wrestler of the Year. You can go fuck yourself, because I already have. I already have. <laughs> well, I meant for the 
Observer Awards. Oh, those awards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, now on to my baby face, of which uh, I have two honorable mentions. One is please go listen to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. The first episode with Moxley is phenomenal, and Moxley talks about doing cocaine and going to the library. There is a, there's a fucking line in there that I am just so happy that I heard Renee say, and it was just, you got fucked up on coke and went to the library? <laughs> yeah. That was great, and then also he talks about winning, because he won the title in Madison Square Garden, right? The WWE title? I think. I think. Yeah, I, I think I mean, so. But he, he says, yeah, one of the greatest nights of my life, won it in MSG, and then we went and fucked in, Mad- fucked in the uh, Times Square, and I went, what? And Renee's like, yeah, it was phenomenal, just came back and went to Bone Town. I'm like, you two can talk like this and not explode? Well, there's a, the, mo- the first... There's what I heard the, say I, Ren- There was the bit where Moxley was like, yeah, you pay me in sexual favors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I heard Renee say fuck for the first time, which I think was on this podcast, was the moment that I knew this is going to be a good podcast. It's like hearing a teacher swear. <laughs> You're like, ooh, they said oh, it. It's like getting uh, older and your parents start swearing around you. By the way, the fact that the, the fact that oral sessions has somehow stuck, like she had to know. This had to be John's idea. Oh, yeah. Um, um, my secondary other baby faces, um, just go to the Undertaker's cameo page, because every single one of them are club bangers, because he's in full character as he's having to be like, Timmy, your mo- this is the Undertaker. Your mother tells me that you're doing good in school this year, and I just want to let you know to keep it up. But then somebody- Or I'll fucking kill you. Somebody's name was like AEW something, and he couldn't say it, so he said, All Elite Scooby Doo. That's what I'm gonna call you now, All Elite Scooby Doo. (laughs) And I was like, They they had me in the first half, Cotton, I'm not gonna lie. All Elite Scooby-Doo is so fucking good. I'm just glad that Taker is enough of a company man that he won't, like, he'll, he won't say it, but he's also enough of, like, a a businessman that he's, like, still gonna say All Elite. Yeah. Uh, You know who's who's not a WWE uh, company man? Sting! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, six months. It's Sting! I loved the voice crack Shivani did on that. I don't know if it was calculated or not, but he fucking cracked that voice. But no, my baby face of the week is a match that shouldn't be my baby face of the week. Because it comes from my worst... Like, honestly, until I remembered another rivalry existed that I will reveal during the awards, it was going to be my most hated rivalry of the year, and it's Jeff Hardy versus Elias. A storyline based around the fact that Elias quite rightfully thinks Jeff Hardy hit him with a car because that's what While everyone drunk. said. While drunk. That's what everyone said is like, yeah, he he tried to hit you with a car. And obviously it was like, it was Seamus. But they've not brought that up. Instead, Elias is the dastardly hit heel because he wants revenge for almost dying in a car crash. Because how many months was it after the Seamus uh, Jeff feud was over, that Elias came back into the picture. Months. 
like half a year. <laughs> like it was a long Listen, time. Scotty, Scotty, it's okay because during that match, Jeff Hardy did try to kill himself. <laughs> he did. So yeah, that match is my baby face of the week because it is a master class in what a terrible wrestling match is. It was the room of bad wrestling matches, and I loved it. You had Firstly, once again, we've detailed the emotional stakes behind this, that Elias is seeking revenge for being almost murdered. (laughs) And so how do they blow this off? They put a bunch of violins around the ring and say, go at it, boys. Throw him into a gong if you want. It's it's like the fucking, just the ridiculousness of a stairs match meets an Ambrose Asylum match and has a bastard baby that loves classical music has a drum has a drum set at one point like elias is like beating up hardy into the drum set and then he's like you know what fuck it and then he just starts playing drums for a few and then he gets bodied by jeff hardy with a bass guitar (laughs) which commentary incorrectly called a bassoon but that would have been so much fucking funnier but you forget what happened before that Because Jeff goes for Whisperer in the Wind, gets bodied with a fucking guitar by Elias, and Elias doesn't go for a pen or for Drift Away, doesn't try to end the match. Instead, Jeff rolls out of the ring, gets in front of an amplifier, and I've played enough music to know how amps work. And then he takes a wooden piece of guitar, shoves it into the amp, and somehow, when Wood meets a speaker, it electrocutes him. <laughs> that ain't how Wood works. Wood's actually a good insulator, my dude. And you'd think that'd be the end of the match. You would think that a man being electrocuted and hit with a massive upright bass guitar would end the match. <laughs> But no, Jeff says no. I'm gonna put him on this table and then bury him in violins and ukuleles. And he's so awkwardly holding on to the entire time because he knows he has to. But it's so stupid. By the way, this this table, which is set up directly next to the ring stairs. And then Jeff decides to go fucking hogwild climb up the ropes, climb up onto the ring post, hit a swanton, and just crack his skull on the back of those steps. (laughs) He saw what his brother did a couple months ago and said, I can do that better. And then, after he wins... I'll show you a concussion. (laughs) After he wins, Jeff grabs a tambourine and starts playing it. (laughs) He just starts shaking the tambourine. It had everything. It had electrocution. It's like, this match has everything. Electrocutions, bass guitars, injuries, the referee forgetting this is a no DQ false count anywhere match, and just being like, no, he's got the ropes, rope break. Just everything you can want in a bad match is here. By the way, uh, in defense of the tambourine thing, uh, he did have a concussion. <laughs> oh, wait. Also, our truth in a grand piano. Our truth was in a piano at one point. Stop. I can only fucking take so much. <laughs> and remember, 
I was totally fated to watch this. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way this is real. <laughs> there's no way this shit is potent. Oh, fuck. <sighs> So, uh, it may be a bad match, but God, it was my baby face of the week for bringing me so much chaotic joy. Jesus Christ. Listen, but do you know, do you know what's a good match? War games. War games! And it's time to make our predictions for a show that I forgot was happening until an hour before we went live. I genuinely, I, I was on, I think it was on YouTube, and someone was like, War Games this Sunday. Wait, what? <laughs> really? Okay. No, no. I, I did not hear, I did not hear Regal's voice echoing across the mountains, like the beacons of fucking Gondor telling me it was War Games. Well, now we have got, it's honestly a good fucking looking card. Up first, Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa, and I will say, I would love to see Timothy Thatcher win. Because Timothy Thatcher has become one of my highlights of NXT because he's just a scary, angry old man that breaks people's arms and has little to no teeth. Big time Timmy Jim. <laughs> he's scary as shit, but no, Tommaso Ciampa is, is fucking winning this one. No, yeah, we all agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, up next, it's a strap match, and it's Dexter Loomis versus, um, oh god, what's the guy's name? Dylan, what's this guy, who's he, who's the, he fighting? The, I can't... The, he's got, like, the leather vest and, like, the Yeah, he's got that hat. leather, and the dumb hat. What's his name again? Uh, it's, it's a caveman-looking dude. God, that guy. Unpacked. Yeah, what's his name? What is it? Um. Uh. Cameron <laughs> oh, There it is. God, he it's like the best of NXT going up against the second worst. Because I love Dexter Loomis as a character, but shit. <laughs> His wrestling is so weird, and I've talked about it before, but like, Bray Wyatt wrestles like he is a creepy demon monster. He wrestles like his character. Dexter Loomis wrestles with the default moveset from WWE 2K. Like, he's there's nothing intriguing about him in the ring. It's just all outside stuff. So, Cameron Grimes is picking up the victory, I say, because he hasn't been able to get one over on Loomis this whole time, and I trust NXT enough to not pull the obvious just-let-Loomis-win thing. Yeah, I agree. Grime time now. Grime time live. And after he defeats Loomis, he's going straight to the moon, baby! <laughs> uh, up next, we've got our first disagreement. Oh, wait a minute. We actually have to go back on this one because it's a triple threat. So that means Blake, that means Blake gets first pick. Oh, I'm, holding, is... on, I'm holding on to Gargano. I'm sorry, Dylan. Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with Lil Guy. I think Leon Ruff has been impressing. I think he showed a lot of fire in this storyline. And I want him to keep this title to show NXT can do surprise things and stick with it, not immediately revert back to Gargano. Um, they're immediately reverting back to Gargano. 
Because I said so. Because uh, priest is face. going to priest is going to uh, sacrifice Ruff in a means to get the title for himself to get one over on Gargano. Yeah, I did love the end of that match, the the uh, Gargano rematch where Priest oh, he just punched him in the face. <laughs> yeah, Priest pulls Ruff out of the ring and just goes, "Sorry, kid." Pop, and then just clocks him in the jaw. Uh, up next, we have got Team Shotzi Blackheart, who is Shotzi, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and Ember Moon. Uh, and Ember Moon taking on Team Candice, who is Candice LeRae, um, Tony Storm, who turned heel by attacking Ember, and then Raquel and Dakota Kai. Uh, I have Candice because one of those four are gonna it would require one of them to pin eo which would then set up one of these heels to get a future title match against her i picked shotzi uh because ember moon is returning this is a return match like big return match uh shotzi got her tank fucked up and is coming out in a new one so there's that revenge uh and i don't see rhea ripley losing uh with me like Ember's been losing a lot is the only argument I'll make against that. Right, Ember so is... they're not going to have her do it again. Yeah. I picked Candace because I flipped a coin. Well, Good I would shit. have, I, like, I think this is how we build to Tony versus EO. Tony ends up pinning EO and then future title match EO versus Tony. That That's what I would like. It is weird to me. I guess it's because they are, they've not built up Indy enough. Seems weird that Indy Hartwell isn't in this match, even though, like, she has been baby Gargano for so long. <laughs> I'm sure she'll get involved. I, I was going to say, that's probably where she'll come into play is by getting involved. Also, since there's two War Games matches, I needed the heels to win, because in the Undisputed Era taking on the Kings of NXT, I have Undisputed Era winning this because I need them to stay successful in NXT so none of them move to the main roster. Uh... I have them losing because that's probably what's going to happen. And much like you need um, somebody to pin Io Shirai, I need the Kings of NXT to win so that Pete Dunne can face Finn Balor. Oh, yeah. I could see that. And that will be a badass fucking match, too. Yeah, because out of everyone in that match, only one of them has the potential to challenge Finn next. Um... I agree that I think the Kings have more to gain out of this storyline lies. Um, but can you I, say that <laughs> word again? Storyline. Storyline. <laughs> I, I just want to see good wrestling with good storylines. Um, but no, I picked the Kings mostly because I flipped a coin again. I would love if at the end they turned on Pat McAfee, though. They all just beat the shit out of Pat McAfee, even though he is, despite the fact that he looks like a massive, hulked-up, anthropomorphic beaver, Pat McAfee is a good heel, and I hate I have to say that. (laughs) Anthropomorphic beaver. Oh, dude, there's a fucking screen grab of their promo this week, and he is, like, buck-toothing it the fuck out. God. Alright, what did you boys learn this week? Fuck, hold on. I, 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 learned th- that- I, I'm, I, I learned that I'm pretty sure that if Pat McAfee kicked you in the nuts, Scotty, your children that exist now would disappear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned that to make a good, bad wrestling match, 
is to just add tables, near-death experience, and loots, I guess. <laughs> and I learned that I'm going to get a lot of ats about Sting. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <sighs> uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. I don't give out my Facebook normally, but you can't find me there anymore because it got disabled temporarily. Oops. <laughs> and had uh, millions of dollars stolen from him. <laughs> it was weird. It advertised this show called Fight Boys. I didn't know. It was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to get my money back. Yep. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And you can check out all my other shows, including the Audioverse Award nominated and hopefully winner, The Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic, which recently started Sammy Magic in the Big Scary Snake Room. And you can find that at a load of PureBS.com. Special thanks to Megaran for our theme song, Fighters. Give Megaran all your support. <laughs> we love Megaran. Megaran's a friend of the podcast and a friend to us all. So, yeah. so go out there and listen to that man's music and love it. And I don't know if he's perma back, but he's been making appearances on Matt Mania. So go check out those boys. They're phenomenal. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook. Donate to the Patreon. Subscribe on YouTube. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Max Caster. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life.